Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. You know, there is such a spiritual battle going on in our culture today. I know you moms know it. All you have to do is turn on the news, look at Facebook, Instagram, any social media, and you can see it. It's everywhere your kids are, and it's everywhere you don't want them to be. And I know you probably feel the same way I do about that. You know, the, the movies, the music, there's so much that's trying to sexualize our children. And as a Christian mom and grandma now, it really frightens me to see what kind of world and atmosphere and country our kids are moving into. So I I think all those things just affect and infect our children. So I think we just need to be really, really careful about what we're letting in our home. So girls, I just want to talk about what can we as moms do? You still have children at home. I don't. My daughter's grown and gone. I do have grandchildren, but they're still pretty little. But you two both are dealing with this right now. You're facing it with your kids. So, you know, how do you raise your kids according to those biblical standards? What are you doing that, you know, that can make a difference? And I know it's not easy. It's just not easy today. But today I want to talk about how we raise our Christian kids in an unstable world and how we help them not only stay pure, but want to stay pure. Well, you know, the first thing I thought about when we planned out this episode of raising kids in an unstable world is stability. So like in my home, I feel like if I can give my kids a stable foundation, a stable place, a stable landing, a stable place to return, that's like a great way to begin. And especially since we're launching our second episode in season five now, like in the fall and September when kids are going back to school, that's even more important to like consider all the things when it comes to family unit, conversation, trust, love, all of those things. And those are things that we've implemented um, over time, but it, it can begin anytime. And so for me, the first thing that came to my mind when we talked about this episode was stability at home. I think it's interesting, Kate, that you worded the question like that, like things that we implement. And I think so often in our culture with, and, and I will be the first to admit, I did this as a young mom. We have flag planters. Uh, you know, moms can easily put their flag in the sand and say, you know, this is not coming into my house. We are not going to be people who do this. We are going to get rid of all of these things, X, Y, and Z, and plant flags as if, you know, we're creating this perfect formula. And if we just do X, Y, and Z, we will be able to produce, you know, happy, healthy, holy children in the end. But I think as my kids have gotten older and, and you girls can, you know, say yay or nay on this and weigh in. But I feel like I have learned in over the years the difference between discipleship and punishment. And it really comes back to those flags that we plant. Because discipleship, if you really look at the word, the root of discipleship is discipulous. I'm probably saying that all wrong and butchering it. But it literally means pupil, like student. You follow me as I do, basically. True discipleship is not about, you know, punishing an action. It's really about nurturing an inward attitude. 
Punishment is often driven by things like your inconvenience. You know, you're inconveniencing me, child, or your embarrassment of what they're doing. Whereas discipleship is really more about the heart. I think when we drag our kids along by saying, we're going to do this, or this is what we're going to do, this is not what we're going to do, that's not discipleship, that's really dictatorship. So I think we can talk about that in this particular episode. I love what Sally Clarkson says in her Life-Giving Parent book, if I may just share a quote. She says, you may be able to train your children to fear doing the wrong thing, but that does not mean that you've trained him to love doing the right thing. And I think really that's at the key, the heart of this episode. Yeah, I agree with that, but there are still some standards we want to set. You know, some Absolutely. things like what are those things you allow or don't allow? I remember when Franny was young and was at home, she wasn't allowed to have a computer in her bedroom. Not that I didn't trust her, but it was just, I thought it was wisdom, things like that. I don't even remember when she got a cell phone, but you know, when she was young, Facebook was just beginning. She didn't have the temptation of social media and all those things. She didn't even have a cell phone. so. Or I can't remember when she got one, but I think there still have to be certain standards that we set. So just to give our moms an idea that's not punishment, like you said, but discipling them and, and why would they want that? You know, right. why would they, why is that important? And I think boundaries, absolutely boundaries are necessary and right and good. I mean, God gives us lots of boundaries within his word, but when we put a boundary in place and we, we feel like, oh, check, did that, you know, yeah. all's good. We can assume that just by not allowing a computer into a bedroom is going to take care of those temptations. Mm -hmm. And really, it's not going to. Because yeah. here, here's, a, here's a real time example. I had my youngest son and his friend in my car. We were on the way to the park last week. My son does not have a cell phone, but his friend does. His friend lives up the street. And we just happened to be coming to the park with us. And I look in the rearview mirror. And in like 30 seconds, that friend had his phone out and was sharing with my son a video on TikTok that was absolutely depraved. And I had to, you know, just kindly say, you know, why don't we put our cell phones away? We're not going to watch that right now. We're going to go to the park. But can I be with my son at every moment and ensure that things like that will not happen? No. So it really does start with the heart motivation and the attitude and the intent more than just the boundary. You know, I know we can't protect them forever. Like you said, Jamie, there's going to be those times you're not with your children and who knows what they're going to get exposed to. So when is the appropriate time with your child? Because the age will differ. But when's the time to start sharing some of those ugly things? They're going to come up against them. So when do you think is the right time to just begin letting them know what, when are they old enough to really handle it, do you think? You know, I think we talked about this in another episode and we, I think we came back around to saying that, of course, every family has to choose for themselves. And then Jamie, you share some great news links and things like that, where you would allow your kids to hear about the things of the world, things going on. But when it comes to raising them in an unstable world, especially in the world we're living in today, I have discovered it doesn't take much exposure to being outside of our home, whether it's in church or being around peers for them to catch some type of awareness of what's going on. And so for us, I bring it up in our dinner conversation and what's going on. You know, I don't want to like protect my children to the point where they're like sheltered, but I'm not purposely going to expose them to depravity and that side of life. If 
they're not ready for it. So I kind of gauge it according to their age and what's appropriate. Yeah, I think you're referring to episode 64. It's called Today's News for Tomorrow's Leaders. And we did talk about and unpack, you know, what to do with current events and how can you keep your kids in the know and informed about relevant topics of conversation while still maintaining a level of age appropriateness and gentleness and all of that. So if you're interested, Mama, in knowing more about that, I highly recommend going back and listening to that episode and following up even with the show notes where we did provide lots of resources and links. I don't think that there's a one-size-fits-all answer, even within the same home. I'm Mm -hmm. really hesitant to put an age to anything. Like, I don't say, you know, when you're 13, you can, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Because, you know, one person's, one 13-year-old's maturity can be quite a bit different than the next 13-year-old's maturity. I think we do well to allow Luke 16.10 to really be our model. And it, it reads this, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. So when I think of that in light of training and discipling my kids, if I see that they can be faithful and trusted with these smaller things and handle these smaller nuances to culture and inciting events or what have you, then I will be more apt to share more freely with the next level of issue. But again, I don't know that there's a right age. Mm. I think we just all have to be very mindful about our own kids and their capacity to handle it. Hey there, Mama. I just want to jump in here for a second to tell you about a resource that will help you build independence and autonomy in your tweens and teens. For the past year, I've been sending my older ones out the door with a gab phone. Whether they're going out to do yard work for the neighbor down the street or heading to the library on their bike, they can just slip their phone into their pockets and give me peace of mind, knowing that I can get a hold of them when I need to. I've always been a bit hesitant to give my teens a cell phone because I didn't want them to have access to the internet or, more importantly, for the internet to have access to them. But that always seemed to pose a real problem when they had to babysit at someone else's house or when they wanted to go play basketball at the park. But not anymore. With the Gab phone, they can have the best of both worlds. A little bit of freedom with plenty of safeguards. A Gab phone looks and feels like a smartphone but isn't connected to the internet in any way. A tweener teen can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music. But that's it. For the most part, the phone acts just like an MP3 player with calling and texting capability. If you two are interested in purchasing a dumb phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can head to gabwireless.com and use coupon code mom to mom at checkout. That's gabwireless.com, mom to mom in all capital letters. So I was just thinking as you were saying that, Jamie, that one more thing I wanted to add before we close today's episode is that I really think it's very wise of parents to parent preemptively. So I want to be the one that gets to weigh in on these situations with my kids sometimes before they're exposed to them in the world. And I think that's what you're kind of saying, Kate, right? Like, how do Mm -hmm. we do this? And so I want to talk to my kids about these topics and things that are going to be happening. And then tell them you're going to have to make a choice at some point. So then I ask questions. And I think that part of parenting is so important is asking questions of our kids so that they have to think critically. Mm, That's a great thought. One last question, ladies. There are a lot of parents that struggle with being relevant in their kids' eyes. 
they end up serving two masters, society. What is society saying? What is God saying? And they refuse to believe that they can't satisfy both. So that's a tough subject. But what advice do you have for those parents that are really struggling, you know, trying to be the cool parent, but also trying to follow biblical standards? Because there's really no way, I don't think there's any way to do both. So what thoughts do you have on that? One quick thought I have about that, and it makes me think back to Jamie's book, Holy Huga. And that is, she used the word tenants in her book, you know, the seven tenants of hospitality or huga. And I tell my kids all the time, there are only like three to five things that are a no-go in this home. Like those are the things that we will not move on. And in the rest of the world, I'll try to come to your place and meet you in that place. And you can try to meet me where I am. You know, I'm a mom, an older mom of younger children. So I sometimes feel this, um, but there are just like tenants of our home I won't budge on, whether I'm cool or not. And my kids have grown up hearing that and knowing that. And it's really helped them to see that, yeah, my mom's trying to be relevant, but these are the things they're not, we're not going to move on this and why. So that's what we've done. And it's, it is personal to me. That's where I live in, you know, the demographic of age for my kids too. I think it's really important, September, exactly what you just said, to really choose your no wisely. Whenever possible, be that yes, mom. And then your no will actually have more weight, I think. They'll know that your no has been really well thought out. And it's not just given because of laziness or selfishness, because you've doled it out with care and consideration. I want to give just a, and I'm going to spit these out rapid fire. I want to give a list of things that you as a mom can consider about your own life as you're walking out faithfully, because I think so much about like trying to be relevant to, to our kids in light of faith really has to be, is she walking out what she is saying with her words? And it's really easy for us to just say that, like be don't be a hypocrite with your with your parenting. But what does that actually look like? So here are a couple things. One, be a modeler of the fruits of the spirit. You know, your kids should see you love when you encounter somebody who's really unlovely. They should see you have joy, even in the midst of really painful things. And and here's here's some cold, honest truth. My sister died this summer, and that was super hard. And my kids saw me in absolute utter grief because my sister was like a mother to me. But they also saw me see joy, reach mm -hmm. for joy, even in the midst yeah. of pain. They must witness, your kids must witness you choosing Pete's when it's easier for you to dish out criticism and vitriol and contempt because they're going to experience situations where they have knee-jerk reactions to things. Mm -hmm. But you have to model for them what it looks like to not reach for, you know, fighting words. It always starts with you. You cannot just give lip service to godliness. So are you, mama, growing in discernment, growing in biblical literacy by actually being in the word? Do they see you in the word? Are you training them in right living by choosing holy and right things in your own life? Or do you model competing priorities? Because that's where they get this notion of, oh, mom's just a hypocrite, you know? Mm -hmm. Are you teaching them correct theology by sharing with them about who God is and what he has done for you? Does that come easily to your lips? Because it's not going to come easily to their lips if they don't see you modeling it. Are you encouraging them in service, in giving? Are you an example to what you say is important? 
Or do you just reach for like really popular parenting mantras that the world is dishing out because they're easy, you know, like because I said so or whatever. Discipleship is a long game. Parenting is a long game. And it's really measured in just daily repetitive faithfulness. And so when they see you walking out life in this turbulent culture with faithfulness, that's going to have way more effect in their life than just any amount of rules and parameters and punishments that you can dole out. Mm. You know, that goes along with what I've said many times on this podcast, what you model, they will follow. Mm -hmm. When they see you doing those things, studying the Bible, I used to do that in the morning, get my Bible out. And then my daughter would started to do that too. She'd come and sit with me and we we go through scripture, read our Bible. So they really have to see you living out Christian tenets in your own life rather than just spouting it off and saying, we need to do this. And then you're watching R-rated movies on Netflix that night. So it's very careful. Um, you know, we need to parent and set absolute standards. And another thing I believe that that's important for us as parents is we're parents first, we're friends second. Mm -hmm. So many moms, I think, want to be friends with their child. And really, that's going to come when they're older. My daughter and I are wonderful friends. September, I'm sure you are with your older girls and boys. But, you know, it's not the first thing. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing is to parent, I believe, and to really raise them according to the standards that you've set in your household. So I pray that God will give us the eyes and ears to just set a lovingly standard of purity in our homes and to maintain that standard of purity. We want to strive to live by those principles in Philippians 3, 8 and set that godly example. And we all know that, that whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, take a look at Philippians 3, 8, because that's what we want to be thinking on ourselves and be training our children to think that way. You know, to just if there's any virtue in these things, meditate on those. So I want to thank you all so much for joining us today. We are always honored when you join us and we love when you share about us on Facebook or Instagram. And we'd be grateful if you'd subscribe too and like and follow the podcast. We know that there are loads of podcasts out there to listen to, especially mothering podcasts. And we're always grateful when you choose to listen to us. So Today, Jamie and September and I are just cheering you on as you raise those godly children in an unstable world. 